Hey everyone, Jeremy and Jonathan here from the future. Uh, we recorded this episode the very night before we found out that uh, Robbie Coltrane had actually passed away. Um, it was very odd timing, especially since we talk about him a lot in this episode. We just wanted to state that this is really a haggard movie. And without Robbie Coltrane's performance and contribution to these movies, they really wouldn't be as great. In this episode, we talked about this movie feeling like a warm hug. And this has a lot to do with Hagrid's character and Robbie's performance. The impact he has made on the world through this single character is priceless. We just want to say that our hearts are with Robbie's family and the rest of the Potter-loving universe. And as for Robbie, we have one last message for you. Thanks for being a staple. It's true then, what they're saying on the train. Harry Potter has come to Hogwarts. Of course, you know all about Hogwarts. Sorry, no. Sorry about that. Holy cricket, you're Harry Potter. And you are? If I need to ask you yours, red hair and a hand-me-down robe, you must be a Weasley. Pleasure. Now, if you two don't mind, I'm going to bed before either of you come up with another clever idea to get us killed. Or worse, expelled. She needs to sort out her priorities. Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the staples of our childhood. This is episode 68. I'm your host, Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother, Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. Quack, quack, everybody. Welcome back to Inside Quotes. Do you remember, Do you remember like, getting mail, though, as, like, a kid and how exciting that was? Dude. It didn't yeah. happen often. Specifically since our father was a mailman. <laughs> we knew how it worked, and we were like, yeah, it'd be cool if we had our own. It'd be cool if, like, you know, an envelope came addressed to me in the mail. But instead, it's always, you know got our parents name on it and it's junk mail and it's like coupons to go to steak and shake i used to like collect <laughs> those coupons and act like they were for me like oh yeah i guess these are mine i'll take these i'll take the scraps <laughs> of the mail yeah <laughs> no um jonathan today is a wonderful wonderful movie okay this is one that we've been waiting for for a long long time a long time and when you say it's a wonderful movie, like, could you also say that maybe it's like a staple of our childhood? I, I, I would say that it is a staple of our childhood. And when I say staple, I mean staple. In fact, it might be one of the stapliest staples of our childhood. Um, and I'm not even joking on that because this is a serious movie. Well, serious isn't in this movie, but it'll come two movies later. We'll, but we'll anyways, get to him. Um, he's referenced, you know, whatever. Uh, but today, we are covering the amazing movie and kicking off the book series, Harry Potter. And? The? Sorcerer's Stone. Philosopher Leon Stone. Nailed it. Okay, can I can I get my hot take out, out of the way, like, right off the bat? Go for it. Sorcerer's Stone is the better title. Now that the British people are gone... <laughs> 
look, we are from America. That's the that's the title we know. All right. And that's what the book was called. That's what the movie was called. That's what we know. Okay. I don't even know what a philosopher is. Okay, I really do. But I'm pretty sure Nicholas Flamel is not a philosopher. He's a sorcerer. It's the That's better title. True. That's okay? true. And I feel like a lot of like the very hardcore Harry Potter fans are like retroactively like trying to be like very careful of like referring to it as like, oh, it's it's really the philosopher's stone. I'm gonna refer to it that way. And I'm just like, yeah. no, if you're from America, that's how you were introduced. There's nothing wrong with saying sorcerer's stone. So I'm going to I'm going to say it. I don't care if you broke your elbow. <laughs> no, I fully wholeheartedly agree with you. Um it, it sounds cool to sound British. I do it all the time. Yeah. But at the at the end of the day, it's still sorcerer's stone. <laughs> do you want to stop Snake from getting that sorcerer's stone or not? But yeah, no. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the beginning of the one of the most popular movie franchises on the entire planet of all time. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? I'd agree. Now, this is Harry Potter is probably we've talked about this before. Star Wars is my franchise. Harry Potter is yours. But we yes. both like each one almost equally. Yes. It's just like one slightly higher for each of us I right feel like. it's it's probably like i'm 51 percent harry potter and then i'm 49 percent star wars and you're yeah. vice versa mm-hmm. and we've been talking about like doing the franchises for so long and we've just like always put it off so yeah before while we are here in the housekeeping part of the show mm-hmm. let's um our structure we're not going to do all eight movies back to back because that can get exhausting we understand that's one of the reasons we've like put it off it's like how are we going to even right. approach this <laughs> so um we know there are some of you guys some of you listeners that aren't really huge harry potter fans and that's okay maybe we'll convince you at the end of this but it's gonna be a long journey uh we are going to try and aim to do one harry potter movie every month until we go through the next eight months um and Jonathan's catchphrase in three, two, one. Uh, we ain't making no promises. <laughs> nope. But yeah, no, we are huge fans of the Harry Potter world. And you guys have been wondering why we haven't been covering these movies yet. But we've been sitting on these notes for years. Yes. It is kind of strange that we waited for our third year of podcasting to do these. We're just we're just getting started. We're just getting started. It is time. It's time to get into it. We were just warming up when we covered, you know, <laughs> Cheaper by the Dozen 2. We were just warming up when we covered Jumanji. We were just warming up when we covered Sky High. All right. But now, and actually with Sky High, you got a little teaser of some Harry Potter comment commentary on that one, I feel like. I feel like we talked about it some. Why, well, yes. But... This is the real deal. This is inside quotes on Overdrive because we know every line of this movie. Buckle up, Buttercup, because we're 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 driving, we're flying on we're the flying broomstick. on our broomsticks. And look, we don't have a lot of money, so we don't have the Nimbus two thousand. All right, we it's got fine. the clean sweeps. It's fine. They're 
They're passable. Okay. I'd be lucky to get a Comet 260 if I'm being honest. They're not bad. They were pretty good at back in the day. Very reliable, very safe. Had a nice sure. consumer rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, John, you got any movie stats, facts, interesting things? I, I have a lot of movie stats. You want stuff specific to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I do. It came out in 2001. Uh, I don't remember the release day. It says November 16th. Okay, November 16th. How how much money did this movie make, Jeremy? Dude, this movie made... Well, first of all, November 16th, 2001. How many years ago was that? It was almost 21 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And it's still making money to this day because me and you saw this movie in the theater just (laughs) a couple weeks ago. So add on another like $10 for our two tickets. That's true. That's true. To that total. (laughs) Let's just edit Wikipedia right now and just increase the number by $10. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. Um, yeah, they were showing the movies at our local theater and we decided, Hey, we're filming or we're not filming. We're, Hey, we're recording. In the next couple of weeks, might as well go see it there. Um, I had really high hopes for it. I guess me and you had different views on the movie experience, but um, I really didn't actually like it in the theaters compared to just sitting at home. I don't know. Is this is such a comfort movie for me? Being in public yeah. was not like ideal. You know, and I you kind of had to be quiet, and you didn't want to be like disturbing the other people that you don't know it's kind of weird watching it with strangers yeah jeremy was definitely like quoting every single line of the movie for like the first 25 minutes until i I was like jeremy you gotta stop you're annoying the people in front of us (laughs) i was trying to like mouth it but it's just so i i have memorized two full movies pretty much in my career one would be harry potter and the sorcerer's stone I, I know I can at least do the first 45 minutes to an hour of the entire movie. No subtitles. Um, and then the second movie would be Country Bears, of course. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it amazes me how many times, how many years I can go from watching these movies um, to just remembering every single imprinted shot, imprinted sound, imprinted line, you know, anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoyed seeing it in theaters. I would have enjoyed it a little bit more if there was a like a bigger crowd. Cause I, I like seeing yeah. like movies with like a good good sized crowd. And like yeah. not too like not too much where it's like a you know, obnoxious like opening night and there's a bunch of like, you know, high school kids that are just like being annoying. <laughs> yeah. But like having a good like crowd that's like engaging and stuff and I feel like there was definitely like I don't know. Maybe like a dozen other people in there, but it wasn't like filled out or anything like that. So I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, I get that. Like watching it at home, that's the main way that we've experienced this movie all our lives. So it it was kind of different, like seeing it at the movie theaters for sure. Yeah. Did you actually watch this movie in theaters? I did. I got a story about this. All right. You didn't you didn't see it with me? You don't remember this? I don't know the story but I remember seeing it. Well, I guess it's not a big, huge story, but it's it's noteworthy, okay? okay. Um, the school that we went to, we've talked about it, Florida College Academy, FCA, as it's known on the street. Go Falcons. When this movie came out, we, like, as a school, like, booked a theater 
and yep. went to the movies and saw this. Like everyone from a certain age up, like I don't know what the cut, what the or like the earliest age was, but it was like a pre-K through like middle school. So like, I know my class didn't go. Yours didn't. But go. I was allowed to because mom was a librarian. Oh, so she, okay. She took me with y'all. Okay, she was probably like a chaperone. Or I something think it was like field third trip. grade and up. Yeah, and I was sure. in third grade when this movie came out. Okay. Um, and our whole school, so everyone like third grade and up through middle school, like it was like a field trip, and we all went to the movies and like we rented out an entire auditorium, and it was like in the morning. I feel like it was at like ten a.m. Yep. And nine or ten a.m. And so, like, there was no one else there at the movies either because it was, like, 10 a.m. on a weekday. And it had, like, just come out. And this experience was, like, noteworthy for a couple reasons. One was this was the first time I had ever been to that MovieCo theaters oh, in Tampa. Like, this was the first time. And obviously, yeah. if you're not from, like, Tampa, you don't know. But, like, the MovieCo in New Tampa was, like, That's the, the theater. That's the place to be. That was the theater, and that was the first time I had ever been there, so it was really cool. Now it's like an AMC something, yeah. but it was like the movie co Starlight Twenty back in the day. Yeah, they and I've seen the, so many the movies there. Starlight Twenty name. It's AMC Starlight Twenty now, but okay. Yeah, I think they changed. I thought it was like Highlands Twenty or something. Oh, that's probably what it is too now. Yeah, I was I was upset they got rid of the Starlight. You think I'm a failure because I go home to Starla at night? Sorry. <laughs> But I was saying, um, those were the good old days whenever they actually gave you the ticket stub. Oh, yeah. Now they just give you a receipt. But the ticket stub, I mean, I used to keep those in my wallet. I I had those for years. And unfortunately, they all faded away. Like the ink <laughs> on all of them. So I just had like this like blue stub that's, yep. you know, that didn't even say anything on there. And so I ended up throwing them away. But I was really upset because I I collected those for like a decade. Yeah. And then I wish I had like done something to preserve them, like put them in like a, <laughs> I don't know, like one of those like card, you know, like trading card, like a binder you'd put like oh, Pokemon yeah. cards in or something like that. Like I, I wonder if I put them in them. one of those sleeves if that would have protected them. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, they're gone uh, now. Well, to answer your question, this movie made – uh, ninety billion do- ninety million dollars. It's opening weekend, and three hundred eighteen million gross total. Hmm. Which seems pretty low for these standards, but today's standards. But uh, it is twenty twenty two, and this was twenty one years ago. So that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. The other thing about this being like a first for me was the fact that we did go see this like in the morning. Yeah. Like I don't think I'd ever like gone to like a matinee before like i feel like i'd only gone in like the afternoon so it was like so weird being there early but also i mean if it just felt like our school rented out like the entire theater there was no one else there there was no like it was not just that we had that one screening room but like there was nobody else at the theater so it was like a really cool experience and we did the same thing with chamber of secrets when that came out but it was like this big experience of like, I mean, back then waiting for this movie to come out, this was an event because the the books had just like taken off and just been this huge thing, this big phenomenon. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was 
one of my like first experiences using the internet was looking up looking at casting for this movie. Really? Yeah. You wow. you probably don't remember this, but no, we were at we were at um the Holland House and at this point our older brothers had read the first 3 Harry Potter books that were out at the time, I think, 2 or 3. Yeah. And I don't I think maybe I'd read the first one or I hadn't yeah, I must have read the first one cuz I knew what it was and I was like really excited about it. And Larry pulled up on the computer. He's like, "Oh, they just announced like the cast of like who all the actors were going to be for Harry Potter." Wow. Also, I also just remembered that before that, it must have been like 6 months or a year before that, he was like, "Oh, they're doing he was same thing. He was on the computer. He was like, "Oh, they're looking for like to cast a Harry Potter age in this range. And I was like, Oh man, if I was only like a year or two older, I'd be in the range or something like that. <laughs> Maybe I could be, but it was like this exciting thing. I just, it was like in the back of my mind, I knew they were like doing these searches to like cast Harry Potter and like Ron and Hermione. Yeah. Anyway, though, um, Larry pulled up and pulled up like the casting announcement. And it was like, I just remember going through like, it was everybody. It was like a screenshot or not a screenshot, like an actor's headshot for like mm. every single character. I just remember him like scrolling through each and every one. We're like, Oh, this person is going to be playing this person, you know, this character. Mm. And it's, it's not like we knew anybody like any of the actors or anything like that. It was just like, Oh, that person's going to be that character. And like, yeah, I just remember that that's always stuck out to me as like one of my first memories of using the internet. That is so cool. <laughs> and I bet the pictures took forever to load too. I'm sure they did. It was like <laughs> a, it wasn't all on the same page. It was like a slideshow where you had to like click on one and then would yeah. load another page. So it like would take a long time. And then like, wow, you know, we we're on dial up back then. So <laughs> that's so cool. Man. Yeah. I don't even remember my first internet experience. For me, we had, I guess we had like AOL internet mm -hmm. as a, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still like hazy on it. I didn't understand what was going on back then. I did not understand the internet as a kid. I still don't <laughs> understand the internet as an adult. I mean, that's true. But I remember like there was basically, I didn't really understand what it was. I knew like Larry and Justin were like on the computer a lot and I, the only thing that I ever did was mom was like, oh, there's this like, there's a American or um, AOL online, whatever it is for kids. There was like a specific kids section of the website. Yeah. That's what I thought the internet was. Like, that's all I thought it was, <laughs> was just the AOL website. Like, I didn't uh, think there was an, I didn't know there was anything else there. Like, I didn't <laughs> understand. I just thought it was like this one website you could go on and do stuff. Like there was there was like some games on there. There was like trivia. There was stuff for kids that you could do. Games. And I was just like, that's that is like the very earliest internet memory for me. And I didn't wow. I didn't know anything else. I didn't I didn't know you could like search for things on there. I w I wouldn't have even known like what to do. <laughs> I was just like, this is cool. And then like, got you know just gone outside and like played basketball or something. Like I wasn't into yeah. it. <laughs> Man, yeah. And you were, what, nine years old? Well, it would have been a little bit 
before that, but yeah, Eight. by the time the movie came out, I would have been okay. Nine, I think. Yeah, I was, I in, was third in pre-K, grade. so I was like four or five. So I I forgot about that. So mom like <laughs> took you to the theater like with us and everything. Oh right? yeah, that's yeah. cool. I felt so great. I felt so special. <laughs> See you, losers. You have to take a nap. I'm gonna go watch Harry Potter. <laughs> so speaking of third grade, I must have read this book knowing that the movie was coming out soon or something, or it was on the way. No, I, I guess I knew about it. I, I'm very hazy on the t- like the timeline. But I knew that the books were popular, and I wanted to read them, probably because like, our older brothers had read them. Mm-hmm. And I remember I read the book in third grade. And third grade was also the year that they introduced Accelerated Reader, that program, at school. Yeah. So... Obviously, we're very familiar with it, but I feel like it was something used at a lot of different schools. So maybe other people know what it was. But basically, it was it was just like you would take a test and you'd be assigned like a reading level and you mm-hmm. could like books would be classified based on that reading level. So you could like look at a book on a shelf and be like, oh, that's like a third grade reading level. That one's a sixth grade reading Which level, was that sort of thing. Yellow. Yellow was a fifth grade level. Really? Okay. And I that's it was what brown. I, I remember it as yellow. Okay. We'll have to pull up the the, the colors. Maybe they've changed. Who I remember knows? pink was ninth grade, and I was like, <laughs> ninth graders read girl books. <laughs> I distinctly remember the fifth grade books being having the yellow label for AR AR level. Yeah. But also, as I was like thinking of this story before we were recording, I distinctly remember my reading level in third grade, like my range. Because yeah. we would take the test every year and see like where where your range is of like what yep. you know what your reading level is, seeing if you're on pace and that sort of thing. And I remember like we got the results back and the teacher like put like a yellow post-it note like on my desk and it said 2.6 to 3.7. And I remember that to this day. That was my reading range. So that means like Second grade to third grade level, basically. You were so average. <laughs> I was, which I was thinking back, like, at, like in years ahead, like I was always like way ahead. Like I was always yeah. testing higher. But that year I was like so average. And I was actually kind of embarrassed about that level because I remember yeah. some of the other kids being like, I'm on a fifth grade level. And I was like, I'm smart, too. <laughs> <laughs> I just read hop on pop and dinosaur books. <laughs> So all that to say, Harry Potter was a fifth grade reading level book, and I was on an average third grade level, borderline second grade level. Okay. And I read this book because I was determined to read this book. How ashamed of you that mom was the librarian of our school and you were just average. (laughs) Just average. Does it make you feel any better that when I had a fourth grade reading level when I was in first grade? That that makes me feel terrific. Whenever I was in fifth grade, this was my biggest win for AR. Get this. Fifth grade. Tenth grade reading level. Baby. That's that's legitness. You that you know what that means? You just had more friends than me. Maybe. 
all I know is, is Harry Potter definitely got me to read more and probably boosted my level in years. It, it years sure ahead. did, and it got us a bunch of AR points too. That's true. When you got a new Harry Potter book, that would get you like your points goal for like the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> but all this to say, Harry Potter was on a fifth grade level, and I was on an average third grade level. Okay, so when I read this, I didn't comprehend everything that great. And I didn't know how to pronounce some of the words. Specifically, Quidditch. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot (laughs) that's what you called it. (laughs) So I did not know how to pronounce this word. I just made up how I thought it sounded and went with that. And I didn't know it was wrong until I said the word in conversation to like my older (laughs) brother and my mom. And they had no idea what I was talking about. I was like, you know, the game that they play. And so what I, I pronounce Quidditch as Utch Dutch. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, Utch Dutch. Yeah, the game they play in Harry Potter, Utch Dutch on the brooms. You know what I'm the, talking about. Brooms, you read it. The, the goals, the, the three balls and the flying one, you know. Yeah. One with wings, Utch Dutch. That's what I called it. And so I was like so embarrassed when like, they're like, it's called Quidditch. <laughs> it's called a lance. Hello. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was my experience reading that book. Okay, also my last third grade memory is I did dress up as Harry Potter uh yeah. for Halloween that year. And I have a I have a good picture of me being embarrassed to take a picture with my teacher that year as Harry <laughs> yeah. Potter. I'm like squirming. <laughs> I feel like every American kid that grew up in the early two thousands either had a birthday party that was Harry Potter themed, or they dressed up as a Harry Potter character for Halloween. Probably both. Yeah, I too. Yeah. Plus, at our school, it was like, if you were going to dress up, you were technically supposed to dress up as a book character. That was like the rule. So yeah. Harry Potter was an That's easy true. one. Easy peasy. Also, there were a couple years where like, the, like the library would have a theme for the year. So she, mom would pick a book series I know one year was like Red Wall, and one year was um, Narnia, and then one year, we did Harry Potter where she split all the uh, grades into houses, and I guess they, she did it evenly to where like ninth grade and first grade were together, you know, um, into four houses, and then hmm. you, the more books you read and AR tests you took, like, you know, the level of house points you got, you know. I forgot really about cool. that. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. Yeah, I think they. I think she probably timed some of the, like, the themes, like the Narnia. She probably did that when that like first Narnia movie came out. Yeah, oh five. Um, yeah, I, I do remember that. That was pretty cool. Okay, so before we get into the actual movie itself, I feel like the ceremonial thing to do for us um, before we start off, kick off this new series on Inside Quotes is I feel like we have to sort ourselves in the houses again. She needs to sort out her priorities. She needs to sort out her priorities. So, um, I mean, me and you have taken this test over the years so many times, but I feel like our personalities change every two to three years, you know? So I feel like we should retake it. So what are we currently? Are we going to divulge that information? Yeah, that's totally fine. We probably have already on the podcast at some point. Yeah, I am a Ravenclaw. I am too. So, that's us. Ravenclaws. Ravenclaws, follow me. 
I've taken it several times through the years and I've kind of gotten different answers, but I feel like Ravenclaw has been like more consistent. Yeah. I used so. to cheat my way into getting Gryffindor because I oh, thought yeah. Gryffindor was so cool. But then I just did it one time completely honest and I was like, okay, Ravenclaw it is. <laughs> so I was pretty happy with it. I do have a story before we start into this. Speaking of Ravenclaw, um, you remember Cub Scout Day Camp? Yeah. The Harry Potter themed year. And I was so mad because our troop, our pack, was Ravenclaw. All I remember is being so mad. It was my first like glimpse of actual nepotism. Because Boo and his, our friend's name was Boo. It was his nickname. Uh, he was our neighbor <laughs> and his troop um got gryffindor mm. and his dad the scoutmaster was the leader of the the director of the camp of the and day we camp, were yeah. so angry at him we were I just glad that. we were slytherin but we were like okay ravenclaw are you serious <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> we were so mad but that's it all right so if you want to follow along, uh, go ahead and download the Wizarding World app, which actually now it's Harry Potter Fan Club app, uh, formerly known as Pottermore. It's the official Harry Potter app. Um, and take the test on there. And we're going to take the test again, and we will be right back after these short messages. You will come forth. I shall place the sorting hat on your head, and you will be sorted into your houses. I feel like it's different. Oh difficult. Boy. Very difficult. Hmm. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh oh. He's talking. He's I know talking. where it's going. Better be. I know what I am. He this is too. me for the next seven months. Eight months. Seven years of school. Let's just retake it every time we do a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> Okay, sounds good. <laughs> uh, I assume that you're not happy with your with your choices. So mine, are, are we going to say what it's changed? Mine changed. Did yours okay. change? I am still a Ravenclaw, baby. Really? Yeah, and I answered it like, I felt like it was a little bit, my answers were different than normal. Mm-hmm. Mine changed to Gryffindor. Hey. But it's giving me the option to change to Gryffindor or stay in Ravenclaw. Where does your heart desire? Stick uh, it out. Brothers gotta stick together. Bro, you know you wanna be Ravenclaw still. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Alright, still in Ravenclaw by choice. Well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're both still in Ravenclaw due to technicalities. <laughs> and, yeah, so eat your heart out, Hufflepuff, because you're our only competition. Because in this movie, we don't matter. Well, Jeremy, let's go ahead and, and talk about the movie. And I've got, I've got one question. Let me just kick off the discussion right here. Are you ready for this? All right. I want to know... More than anything, what was Professor Quirrell doing with that iguana in that classroom? <laughs> it has bothered me for years. Dude, I don't know. What is he teaching them? He's not teaching transfiguration, although maybe he is. 
he could be teaching Transfiguration because McGonagall wasn't teaching a class because she was going and getting Harry from the practice or whatever. Um, He's a defense against maybe the he dark was arts. Wa- but maybe he was watching the class for her while she went out and recruited while she did her Quidditch scouting, Uchdutch scouting. It's a different classroom because we see both classrooms. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's the scene. Like McGonagall takes Harry to his classroom to get wood from class. Yeah. Oliver Wood. That's right. So like she's there. And the worst part <laughs> is like that iguana sounded like a dinosaur. But yeah, they open up the door and it's just like all these weird sounds are going on. You wait here. Ingredient in Professor Quirrell, excuse me, excuse me. Could I borrow wood for a moment, please? Oh, yeah, yes, of course. The classroom doesn't look anything like it does in like the, uh, like the later movies. Right. So it's, it's just interesting. But I've always just wondered, like, what is he's just like holding this massive iguana. I'm like, Professor Quirrell, <laughs> mind if I borrow wood for a moment? Of course. He's just like holding this massive iguana. It's like, I don't know what he's talking about in there. So I Googled, why does Quirrell have an iguana? Why does he got that iguana? Um, and the best answer said, because it looks cool in the film. <laughs> Maybe he was comparing it to another dark creature um, that looks like an iguana. Maybe werewolves are scared of iguanas or something. That's, that's possible. And you just like hold it up and it keeps them away. But then again, he's not care for magical creatures either. So, Right. So it has to be used as a defense against the dark arts. Okay. Now, is the iguana the defense or are the iguanas the dark arts? Dark arts, man. Dark arts, baby. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, Moody brought spiders in the class. Maybe he was using it for something. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe he was about to perform the Cruciatus Curse on the iguana. You know how, like, each class dissects something else in biology every year? Like, some mm-hmm. people dissect frogs. Our year, we dissected potbelly pigs. You know, Ooh. could be a different thing. Maybe he's just killing them. <laughs> but oh, Who knows? Well, another one, aesthetic. That's a, That's a good reason. Aesthetic. Anyways, um, that was a good observation. Uh, so let's talk about this movie. This movie, this first one has the job of like setting the tone for like all the other movies to come. Yes, and you can kind of see how it evolves over time. But this one has the job of introducing all the characters, um, and just basically their common traits and that sort of thing that you're going to be, you're going to be with all these people for so many years. And it's really like good casting. I feel like, I mean, across the board, I I mean, probably the best casting of any movie period. So this one has to set like the tone. And one of the things that's a little bit different about this one that I like is you get to explore a lot of the locations of the castle are like on location. Yeah. So like the castle and the different areas, it, it looks different, especially in these first two movies, but especially this first one. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as they go on, it kind of gets a little bit more like 
I don't know, CGI sort of right yeah. environments versus like they're going, they're trying to mix in a lot of the live action locations with, um, with some of the CG stuff. So that's something I I've always liked the way like this one looks, it feels a little bit more real. Like they're in a real castle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing I don't like about the castle specifically is that every, everything, the shot is so warm, which is nice. It's like, Everybody considers Harry Potter a fall movie, and in fact, this is, like, perfect timing, because this is, like, the most Halloween-ish movie of all eight. Um, but like, And kind of Christmassy, too. It is kind of Christmassy, but I would say all of them have a good amount of Christmas. I mean, there's a whole chapter called Halloween in the book. Um, but what I was saying is, like, the castle itself, I don't like how, like, hazy it is Mm -hmm. so there's like golden like in snape's classroom and stuff every single classroom it's every shot in the castle is like smoky it's really weird like you see light and then like haze Mm -hmm. with light shining through it yeah it kind of is kind of exhausting to look at (laughs) just a minor gripe It, it looks dusty that castle looks dusty and it's all on purpose, which is okay. So this one has to introduce like the main three, Harry, Ron, Hermione. And people like kind of complain about like some of the acting, I feel like it being kind of like cheesy, but still like like you said, like perfect casting. I mean, perfect. I don't they were I couldn't also see it ten years any old. different. So Yeah. That's just nuts. <laughs> that's so the- don't be critiquing anybody. That's they did super well for their age. You know, so yeah, I was I watched a little bit of the behind the scenes on this one, and the director Chris Columbus was talking about how they basically just had to have in every scene they shot, all the kids were kind of inconsistent with their performances, mm-hmm. so they pretty much just had to have like three cameras rolling from different angles at all times, <laughs> so that they would be able to like rapidly cut you know, the best parts of each performance together yeah. into a scene. So he's like, there's a lot more cutting like between shots and reactions than I normally do. But just because he was kind of had to do that to, yeah. to work with like the kids acting abilities and that sort of thing. I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like more documentary style. If he was like getting everything from all these different angles and just cutting the scenes together, but it all still works very naturally. Yeah. I think Chris Columbus being such a good director and how good he was with the kids really affected the rest of the series because mm-hmm. like if they had a bad director, I feel like not everybody would have stayed, but like he would mm-hmm. get on their level and like talk to him, like calm them down before the camera started rolling. And mm-hmm. it, it was really, really cool. He was really good with kids. Um, yeah. So he kind of geared up everyone for the rest of the movies. And I kind of wonder what, if if he directed all eight movies, what they would look like, you know, in yeah. the style of Chris Columbus or the first one in the style of David Yates or um, Alfonso Cuaron. I would take a Cuaron, 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 uh, saga, whatever it is. I was thinking about also how this movie has to set the tone for like the whole series. So 
if you think about it, like all the different creative decisions that go into it, like, like everything as far as like, how is this going to look? How are we going to like, what location are we going to shoot or which actor? Like it, it just, there was so much writing on this like first movie yeah, to set the tone for this, for the series. But even more than that, like, I don't know if they ever will, but you've got to imagine like they're probably going to remake these movies at some point, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's it's a possibility. Uh, I feel like enough people have said like if they ever redo these movies, which first of all, don't ever redo these movies. But if you do, make it into like a long form TV show. Kind of like Stranger Things and stuff like that. Um, I don't I don't necessarily want a TV show. I would just be good with a long movie, like still shoot it like a movie. <laughs> okay. But I don't, I'm not into like the, I don't want to make it episodic. Like, I don't know. I don't know. That's how the books kind of were. I, I guess. I don't like know. Seasons of the, of the school year. Okay. It, if they do it like that, like the a chapters. season, like each chapter is one episode. Yeah. If they do or it like, like that. Each chapter is a couple of episodes. I mean, each episode is a couple chapters. Yeah, I've just always wondered about, like, there's so much pressure about, like, setting. You've got to make, like, if this movie didn't work, there would be no more. It also, <laughs> so there's a lot like of pressure. It would work out as well if it started out super dark. So yeah. he kind of, like, he, Chris Columbus knew that this series was going to eventually get darker and darker the older they get. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he made it into, like, this this movie is you know everybody at first and you're getting to know everybody but it's also like consequences are fairly low um which uh, that that's just the writing of the book but also mm-hmm. the feel of the movie is like the brightest the warmest like hug like welcome to the wizarding world yeah it's like a hug like a warm fall hug and i mean the next movie is like super dark right after that it's very cold looking which we can't talk about it, but like it's that's it's just the perfect like establishing feeling. This is what Hogwarts should be. It's not going to be later on, but this is what it should be. This is the status quo. Yeah, I, I agree. I think like you said, this is like welcome to the wizarding world. These movies more than any of the other ones, like the ones that he did, the Chris Columbus first two yeah, are definitely the ones that like, do a lot of world building and like those are the ones that you look at and you're like oh man i wish i could like live in the wizarding world yeah <laughs> like that would be really cool more so than any of the other ones i feel like this is like i don't know that's and, what okay i'm sorry i've talked to so many lord of the rings fans this will always be such a debate like oh jk rowling doesn't have that good of world building have you heard of J.R. tolkien Dude, I don't care. Everything he says sounds exactly the same. Every city, every being sounds exactly the same. Oh, he he did a language. So what? What are you going to do about it? I don't <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that world. I do want to be a part of the wizarding world. See, this is the concession I've always made as far as Star Wars versus Harry Potter. I I love Star Wars. That's my number 1. Yeah. I don't want to live in Star Wars. Absolutely not. <laughs> it does not sound like a good time. Yeah, no. But the Wizarding World, 
that seems like a real world like people would enjoy living in. Yeah, for sure. Not just because of magic. It, it just seems like a more pleasant thing. You're not just like on some desert planet. Yeah. Mining for vapor. Moisture. <laughs> <laughs> to survive. <laughs> I guess it's more relatable because it takes place in our current world. Well, I guess in the 90s. And yeah, that's but true. Like, that's that's also a key factor. Um, but speaking of our current world, like, did when you were growing up, did you know anybody that like was not allowed to watch this series or read the books? I kind of heard about it because I actually I felt like I don't really remember specific people okay. because we went to like a Christian private school, right? And so and I remember a lot of like that was kind of an undercurrent of like certain like very conservative Christians of like this is witchcraft we're not we're not watching this I never heard not knew any this. of this until years later that like oh I knew this one girl in my class in like fifth or sixth grade I asked her mm -hmm. about it and she was like I wasn't allowed to read or watch those so sorry and I was <laughs> like everybody here has read and watched those and we're all like we all grew up in a Christian environment. But I feel like that wasn't such a boycotted thing. It, it, I don't think it really was in our in our bubble. Yeah. But I also feel like the people that like weren't into it were also kind of like, not like super vocal about being like you shouldn't be into it. It was just like I don't know if, if I want to be involved in that, yeah. and they just kind of to each their let own, things I guess. lie. Yeah. But our our school we, we all went through it and we <laughs> went and saw the movies and yeah. everything. Our Christian school had a field trip to watch it. I feel like I remember mom saying like, oh, she was like hearing stuff like that. But then like when she read it, she was just like, I don't see the problem with this. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to the first scene. Um, you know, one of the first lines is it, it opens up as uh, Dumbledore taking the lights out with his deluminator, delivering Harry on, on the doorstep of the Dursleys and explaining why they're doing it vaguely. Um, but then. I noticed this last time through that when Hagrid was handing it to him, handing Harry to Dumbledore, he started like sobbing a little bit and Dumbledore was like, there, there, you're not saying it's not really goodbye. Not really, you know, and that's like one of the first lines. And then I noticed like one of the last lines or maybe the last line was Harry looking at, um, he's talking to his, the Ron and Hermione, but he's talking, he's looking at Hagrid. And he was saying, we're not going home. Not really. Yeah. Hmm. It's kind of cool, like, full circle. I mean, it's not exactly the same words, but same message, at least. So I yeah, thought was I've never made that connection. That's pretty cool. Um, but so the, the Dursleys, fast forward 11 years. What do you think about the Dursleys' house? The Dursleys' house? Yeah. Or, like, the people? The household of Durs. Bring my coffee, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> um Yes I'm Petunia. Yes I'm Petunia. Again, I'm like to be perfectly perfect perfectly day. cast. The oh, the Dursleys. Yeah. Yep. Like they're just perfect. Book difference Dudley and Petunia were both blonde in the books, but who cares? No, I, I more care about just like character. Exactly. Yeah. And as long as they're nailing those like character attributes and character beats, I'm I'm good with them. Yeah. 
so I know it was like it was cruel and mean spirited to force Harry to live under the stairs, but bro, I've never wanted a cooler room. Like that under the stairs bedroom looked so cozy, <laughs> especially the dust. <laughs> you know, I've always thought of our great aunt's house because yes. she always had that like you know section under the stairs of her house. I've always thought like, oh, it's just like that. We would hang out there. But I wouldn't want to live in there. That was just the toy room. Yeah, it was. (laughs) But still, it was cool. There's nothing that, like, I feel like that that right there just, like, epitomizes how bad the Dursleys are. And, like, when they finally do give in and, like, let him move upstairs, it's because they're letting him move into Dudley's second bedroom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's not like they only had one and they're just finding a space for him. And they're not making Dudley share. No, like right. Dudley has a second room for all his stuff. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to sure let. I'm sure they had a guest bedroom too. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I just love that. It's like, oh, you can, you can have Dudley's second bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, man. I don't know. Is that, is that what it says in the movie or is that just in the book? I don't, I don't remember. I mean, in Chamber of Secrets, they talk about it because he gets Dudley's second bedroom. In the second one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Right, because it doesn't show that in this movie. No. Yeah, so I did listen to the audiobook before we... Me too. We covered the movie, so I'm going to try and, like, listen to each one before we do the movie just yeah. so I have, like, a better idea of, like, some of the differences and sort of thing. Um, I don't, so- don't want to get, like, super in-depth into, like co- like, the book. Yeah, no. And like analysis of the book. We want to talk about the movie mostly, but. We're not going to be the guy. I mean, okay, obviously the books are better than the movies. For sure. For sure. We're not going to hound that. This is a movie podcast. We're also going to read the books with it. We're not going to be like, you got to read the books. Even though you should read the books. Yeah, and I I read about it in Hogwarts A History. Hogwarts A History. (laughs) Um, That crazy pause. I checked this book out ages ago for a bit of light reading. How could I be so stupid? <laughs> this uh, is light. You know what I was reminded of in this movie? Uh, I feel like this movie does a good job of showing the ghosts of Hogwarts. Yeah, it does. Compared to like some of the other, like the later ones. Yeah. I, d- I feel like in the later ones, they're more like kind of background. Like they're there just for like details, backgrounds of shot. Okay. shots like there's not a lot of interaction with the ghosts but I, I thought it was funny re-watching the scene of like they're at the, the entrance hall after the feast mm-hmm. and like you just see all like the ghosts like start flying in you see all the different ones and like the bloody baron just like looks absolutely goofy in this movie <laughs> yeah, he does not like look a... scary he's just like swishing a sword around like Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> As he like flies past the table him and the the what was the Hufflepuff one? The like Fat Friar. The Fat Friar. With a bowl cut. <laughs> he looks like a stooge. He does. <laughs> he sounds like one, too. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so, that, so that opening feast is really iconic, because it has our first, like, well, not our first introduction to the like great food in, this, in all of these movies. Oh, yeah. I would say the first one is probably the cake, his birthday cake. Um, oh yeah when hagrid comes and gets him in the middle of the sea oh i thought you were talking about the dusty cake that harry drew on the ground on the floor of the shack even that looks good dude i'd eat that dust (laughs) i don't know what it is make a wish harry (laughs) 
Happy birthday, Harry. Um, <laughs> but no, like that. All all the food in this movie is great, and this is like our big feast first introduction. Uh, iconic chicken wings that Ron's eating with both hands. Yeah. <laughs> two fisted. Uh, two fisted. Um, and everyone is just Harry's just never seen anything like this before. The only thing that didn't look that good was just like the huge bowl of corn on the cob. Seemed yeah. pretty mid. Let the feast begin. So I want to lead us into a new segment. Anything off the trolley, dears? That's exactly what I called it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything off the trolley, dears? And I've got a special surprise for you, Jonathan. Okay. In my hand, I have a bag of Ooh. Bertie Bott's Every Flavor Beans. And they mean every flavor. So I figured <laughs> we'd do a live taste test for a couple of them. See Ooh. if we get any gross ones. Do you, does it come with like the list explaining like the key of like what yes. what each one is? So we've got banana, black pepper, blueberry, booger, or bogey flavor. All right. Candy floss, cherry, cinnamon, dirt, earthworm, <laughs> earwax, grass, green apple, lemon, marshmallow, rotten egg, sausage, <laughs> soap, tutti frutti, vomit, and watermelon. Uh, I, I couldn't find these anywhere, but apparently Party City sells these. Oh, so, interesting. It was great. Oh, man. See, I'm looking at you. So you gave me like a handful of them. Yeah. And I already know like at least one of these, which one it is, just from buying these as a kid and knowing I know, which one. I know. I do not. I just need to let you know that I do not do well with these. <laughs> these aren't good. Um. <laughs> so one of my one of my best friends alexander he uh we did this for his bachelor party mm -hmm. but it was like bean boozled uh same flavor same company uh and i lost a bet in the bachelor party where i had to eat the entire bag at once Ooh. <laughs> and i genuinely threw up because <laughs> the it, i it was so disgusting um so i'm getting flashbacks from that i swore off of these but i figured first movie we need to have this um and i think since we i think i might have... be safe with a nice toffee <laughs> alas earwax earwax uh so i feel like the only way since we know kind of what these look like mm -hmm. the only way we can do this is if we don't look at it so we need to close our eyes and eat one and try oh, to guess what? what it is okay well if I don't look at it, I won't be able to identify it afterwards. With your taste buds? I mean, so I'll just be able to know if it's good or bad. That's fine. You just guess. All right. All right. Well, let's do three each, and then, or let's just do one, and then I'll do one, and then you'll do one, and then I'll do one. We'll do two, okay. two each. All right. Obviously, this is an audio podcast, so you're just gonna have to trust us. But we're gonna, we're gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's do one at random. Okay. I'm shuffling them up in my hands. All right, I'll go first. Okay. This one's good. Okay. Kind of a cherry taste, I think. Okay. There, that is one cherry. Open yeah, that was off. good. 
All right, my turn. Uh, this is actually really scary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, mine's mine's not good. Spit it out. <laughs> I'll put it back in. I just need what color it was. I don't know. I, th I think it's soap. Mm, I remember that one. It's not bad, but it's not really good. Yeah. Either. All right, I'm going to do one. Ooh, gross. Immediately. <laughs> Which one? What do you think it is? Uh, read read off some of them. Okay, so, so vomit. It's kind of dirt. It might be dirt. There's, there is dirt flavor, yeah. But keep going. Uh, black pepper, sausage. Might be pepper. Okay. I think it might be that one. I will say we've always been scared of the vomit flavor, but sausage is the absolute Ooh, nastiest. That one's one. gross. Oh, I need some water. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. You go I next. I see all of them, and I see one vomit easily. I got a vomit in here too. I know it. I'm so I scared. think I got a bogey one in here too. I I'm okay with that. Honestly, I'm hoping for either pepper or grass. Ugh. Those are safe. Okay. I did not. If I had pepper, I did not like that. All right, I'm going. Ready? No, it's good. It's good. It's fine. Green apple. We're safe. Okay. It's just scary. You kind of second guess yourself. <laughs> At first, it's like, oh, it's a jelly bean. And then it's like, ooh. Yeah. All right, here's my third one. Nope. Gross. I think this is soap. Okay. It could be earwax. Alas. I think if, it's soap. You... Okay. All right, last one. Last one. Mm, we're not good. I don't know. Should I just go for the vomit one? Let's just go for the vomit. Okay. And then puke. Both of us I at got... the same time? Yeah, I got mine. At least the one I think is my roulette. Let me go for my last roulette and see where it goes. Okay. Oh, that's pepper. That's pepper. I love pepper, actually. Most people hate that one, but I really love it. Guilty pleasure. I got the yellow one. This is either earwax or it's like a lemon one. Okay. Or rotten egg. Or rotten egg. That's lemon. Okay, That's good. good. All right. Vomit. We see this one. It's going to be disgusting. We might have to take a break. Ready? All right. Three, ready. Two. One. Psych. Made you do it. <laughs> Wait, I didn't chew it. it. Just I just put it in. <laughs> I just hear him go everywhere. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that bad. <laughs> I feel like I'm on Good Mythical Morning right now, <laughs> trying gross foods. Bro, I'm so sorry. <coughs> I I took they like, didn't used to be that gross. I took like two bites and uh, <coughs> I I had to spit it out. I vomited. <laughs> We're not even being dramatic right now. Ooh. I'm washing it down with a cinnamon right now. <sighs> That'll be good. But that was so disgusting. I'm sorry for that. 
<laughs> that was fun. <laughs> we bring the good content to you. Sorry if you had to hear that. <laughs> but we don't fake stuff here for you at Inside Quotes. We're the real deal. Bertie bought every flavor beans. They mean every flavor. There's chocolate and peppermint, and there's also spinach, liver, and tripe. So, yeah, I definitely had the realization after a while, like, because I, I thought Bertie Bots was so cool, right? Yeah. Then I realized, like, oh, it's kind of like 50% bad. <laughs> so yeah. it's actually not that enjoyable. So I kind of stopped buying. Playing with them but, dark arts, man. Yeah. <laughs> But it's so it's so fun as a kid to like yeah. get the jelly beans and like try them and try and figure out which one is which. Um, but this leads me to at least uh, maybe a brief tangent. I wanted to ask you around. Uh, I wanted to ask you this question: around the time, maybe before the first movie came out, do you remember a store at the Citrus Park Mall? I do. The Warner Brothers Studio Store. Yes, that yes. was like That's where we first got them. Yeah, this that was like the coolest store. I and the original red pouch. It was like Disney, but like for Warner Brothers stuff. So it was a lot of Looney Tunes yeah. and that sort of thing. But because they had Harry Potter, this was where you got we could get like the original Bertie Bots every flavor beans in like the original like the red pouch, and it was like really cool. Yeah had the cool logo on it and everything. And I remember like years later when they like switched to like the boxes. little boxes or like this that you got, it was like just in a plastic bag. It's like, yeah, but I just, like, I still have one of those pouches as like a memento or whatever. Cause I just thought they were really cool. I've got like special coins in there. Nice. Um, galleons. Yeah. Galleons. But I remember, like, I always loved going to that store. We got some other Harry Potter stuff there. I remember, I guess it's, I guess it's like, at our, like, I guess we still have it. But yeah. we had that Harry Potter mug. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had, like, the, like, the, like, the Harry scene. Potter artwork on it. Like, like, from Which, the person that did the artwork for the, like, the chapter markers and stuff. Yeah. Which fun fact? She lives in St. Pete, the American one. That that's why I've always for yeah. That's what I've heard. And actually, Hillsborough County, <clears throat> I think the Brandon Library, um, they had like a an art gallery of all of her work. For like, really, for one of the summers, and me and Mom went and looked at it. It was really really cool. Oh, I didn't know you went. That's really yeah. cool. Well, it was back when I was going to school out there, and it was like on the way home. And we just went to the library randomly and we saw it. Yeah. I wanted to mention that because I've always loved that particular art style of the Harry Potter yeah. artwork. Like, I've seen, like, the artwork for the, the British versions of the books. And because I didn't grow up with them, it's, yeah. like, not as good to me. It ain't like, a chief. That's, that's what I like. And, like, even, like, they've got the illustrated books now, which are, like, kind of cool because they're, like, storybooks. But it's yeah, still yeah. not – it's not the same – artwork as like the person i actually wrote down the name it was like mary i can't even read my writing mary grand prix or something like that yeah marie grand prix okay yeah like some of the most 
nostalgic images are just like some of those, some of the artwork from the books, but even just some of the artwork that's been done of, um, that, that she's done in that style of different scenes from the books. Like if you just look up her artwork, uh, it's like really cool. I, like I, I looked it up on Google images the other day and I was just like, man, this is like really nostalgic. (laughs) I want to make every single one of these pictures like my computer wallpaper. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the guy who does the new books, like the illustrated versions, his name's Jim K. Uh, and he actually, <clears throat> they just did, they just released the Order of the Phoenix, the fifth one. Oh, okay. So I, I was like wondering that's... how far along they were because I figured those books had to be getting fat. I think they released <laughs> it like this week, which huh. is like good timing. Um, so I haven't bought a single one of them. I probably will eventually. Probably when I have kids, but. <clears throat> What they have, they have a new version. It's like the actual chapter book, but it's also illustrated a little bit. And there's also like okay. some pop-ups in it too. That one is really, really cool. And the artwork is different, hmm. but it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit more similar to the Scholastic stuff. One other <clears> thing <throat> on the artwork. Do you remember the Harry Potter cards, like the game? Yes, like the, dude. The trading cards, but they were like, it was like a game you played? Yeah. The, the artwork on those, like that, that was really cool too. I have a, a bunch of those still. I thought it was the same lady. I I think it it's the same style. I think it, I don't know if it is or not, but I always liked how those were because <clears throat> a lot of those games, like all those, like you know, Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, and stuff. Like I feel like I didn't really know how to play those games really. Yeah. But like the Harry Potter one, I just loved looking at the pictures more than like actually playing the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it would have like quotes on there from the books. And it was just like, it was just really cool. Yeah. I, it always made me like, I would love, even as a kid, I always, I like, I was thinking about yeah. this. I would have loved like a Harry Potter animated like TV series in mm-hmm. that style. <clears throat> That would have been really cool. I always, I remember as a kid, I was just like, oh, that would be cool. Have that on the kids' WB on Saturday morning. Adventures at Hogwarts. Adventures at Hogwarts. It would have been amazing. Still could happen. Honestly, I think they might should do that. Coming soon to uh, if they ever re- HBO if Max. If they ever remake it, uh, first of all, I think their next step should be a Marauder series, whether it be TV show or a movie. I think that would be super, super cool. Adventures in, at Hogwarts with the Marauders. I'm down. But if they were to redo it, I think that would be really cool if they did like a, a 2D animated version. That would be really neat. I, I just have a feeling that 2D is going to come back one of these days. It will. All right, so anything off the trolley? If you had to pick one thing off the trolley, what would it be? No, thanks. I'm all set. I'm telling you, that, that corned corn beef, beef sandwich, sandwich actually looked good. Crumpled <laughs> up, sweaty. I'd eat it. Anything that Miss Weasley made, I would eat. But I do sympathize with Ron. I mean, obviously, if people were buying snacks, I would rather have that. Yeah. Kind of associate that with being at the skating rink. And, like, this one kid just buys nachos or, like, that personal pizza at Skateland. <laughs> And you just have the token for the free slushy. Yeah, that's if you won the race. Yeah. yeah. 
the only way I was getting anything at the skate night was if I won the race and got a token to go to the <laughs> <Yeah>. snack bar. <laughs> and the free Pepsi you'd get okay. your ticket. So it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, the birdie bots pouch that I have with special yeah. coins. It has a bunch of my skate land tokens that I earned over the years <laughs> that I didn't use. That's, That's what's in there. And some like other like, like quarters and half dollars and that sort of thing. You should cash that in for a 10 ounce cup of Pepsi. I wonder if they use those tokens anymore. I bet they do. Um, Yeah. So let's talk about, okay. So we have eight movies to talk about this whole series we have eight episodes to talk about this so what we need to do is discuss the characters that are only in this movie so okay let's start off with Quirrell. i mean he's pretty much Quirrell. the only one professor Quirrell. yeah uh what are you what are your thoughts on him was he like a voldemort sympathizer or did like voldemort just like latch on to him i think it was more of a parasite thing okay um <clears throat> Because personality-wise, he doesn't seem like he would be, like, a Death Eater yeah, or anything like that. But then also, he could just be putting on a character, I guess. So, I don't know. Well, so... Because I guess you see his true colors at the end. Yeah, unless he's just being... That is true. Unless he's being influenced by Voldemort, but... I feel like that one, more than any of the other stories, I feel like isn't as fleshed out as it should be as far as... Voldemort and I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it, the the story, the overall arching, arching, arching story, like wasn't fully worked out yet. In the books, there is a scene where um, Snape confronts him, and he's like crying, and they like all obviously they think it's Snape the whole time. Like obviously, it's not Snape. As an adult watching this or reading this. They think it's Snape this whole time. It's not going to be Snape. Yeah. I mean, it's not like rock-solid logic, but, I mean, it is plausible that Snape all makes sense. Is, is the guy that's causing trouble, yeah. you know? I mean, so, and let's not forget, these are like 11-year-olds. That's true. That's it's true. It's like, that guy's mean to me. He doesn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bad I mean, guy. I believed it was Snape when I was their age. Well, I was younger when I watched it. Yeah, but... But also, it's like their naivety and their innocence just really shows, especially how they view Dumbledore at the like beginning of this series. Because like in this, they're like they just view him as like the principal. Mm-hmm. He's a great wizard, yeah, but he's just the principal. Yeah, and it's like they don't know if he's on their side yet or not because they don't have that many act- interactions with him. This right. movie, this book, so it's really funny. <clears throat> Seeing how they like react to Dumbledore being in the shots and stuff. What do you think of like the way Voldemort is characterized in this movie? Because they haven't figured out his look yet. And yeah. so like they just have this like hood like almost this like short hooded figure like walking into Godric's Hollow to like kill Harry's parents. But I remember like the first time I saw this, I was like, Man, this is scary. Yeah. But like you never see his face or anything in this one because they hadn't gotten, you know, Ralph Fiennes yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do see it in the unicorn scene. And may, might I say, well, you, you fully see his face on the back of Coral's head at the end of the movie. Okay, um, well, that that's true. I forgot about that. Also, honorable mention for food, backtracking, 
uh, I would do a lot of things to taste unicorn blood. Not because of the effects, but just because of how cool it looks. It's like drinking metal. Anyways, that's it. But it'd be a cursed life. A half-life. A half-life, a cursed life. <laughs> Is it worth it? Uh, but uh, my first impression from seeing Voldemort's face in this, you might laugh when I say this. Uh, I have two words. Christopher Walken. <laughs> he looks just like Christopher Walken in this. Interesting. And I will not apologize for that. He just looks just like him. What I was also surprised. I I'm just looking at like the actors and the cast and stuff right now. Yeah. But for some weird reason, I thought that they had at a certain point in the series recast Harry's parents. Mm-hmm. But like, no, it's like the same two that they like bring back at for different appearances, even like all the way at the end. Yeah. For some weird reason, like I knew the mom looked like similar. But I, I thought like the dad have it had a different look, really? and I thought like they recast him. But yeah. it, I looked it up; they're both the same. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. Like they had this like very minor part in the first movie, and they like keep bringing them back for like ten years. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Interesting. So Robbie Coltrane, Hagrid, perfect casting. Perfect casting. He's in this a lot. Has a lot of lines. Oh, this is Hagrid's movie for sure. I should not have said that. Look at him, he knows his mommy. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> just play him a bit of music and you sick put him right to sleep. You're a wizard, Harry. Honestly. Great character. Immediate like he's the reason this movie feels like a hug. You immediately fall in love with him. I mean he's he's scary when he knocks down the door and the music goes like you're supposed to be scared. Um mm-hmm. but as soon as he's just like Sorry about that. <laughs> You you feel safe immediately. <laughs> Dry up, Dursley, you great prune. Honestly, I there's too many quotes in this movie, and honestly, as the inside quotes hosts, this is probably top three movies of all quotes that we quote. Quotable which, quotes. Which one do you think we quote more? This one or Chamber of Secrets? Probably this one. Really. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, see. We'll see. When we rewatch Chamber of Secrets, I feel like that one could be, but this one is equally as iconic for sure. I know this movie has mom's favorite quote in the whole series. She needs to sort out her priorities. Yeah. <laughs> didn't understand what that meant, really. I didn't know priorities. Sorting out priorities was not in my vocab list as a six year old. Was that your vocab word for this? Yeah. <laughs> Priorities. What? Honestly, don't you two read? Ah, bless you, Hermione. Honestly, <laughs> Hermione's the type of girl that you want to take home to your mother. That was my childhood crush. Instantly. I'm just saying it, so we don't have to say it later. Everybody fell in love with Hermione in Goblet of Fire when she wore those earrings and that dress at the Yule Ball. Nope. Not me. Way before. Here it is. I said it. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, let's let's talk about Gringotts really quick because we've got I like classic quotes. Gringotts. There's just quotes. We just quote Grip Hook a lot. Yeah. K plays. Lamp plays. Vault 794. 754. I don't know. I think it was. 90, I can't remember now. <laughs> 700 and. I don't know. 
Ooh, okay. The visual of him sticking his pointy mm. goblin fingernail in, in the, the lock, lock and dragging it down. It, yeah. it just feel like he was he was bending his nail to move the metal locks. Ah, so many visuals are imprinted in your mind. So many sounds, even like the changes of the sounds, like the music and then some random sound effect just contradicts all the music like it's gonna, it's in a whole different key and it, that is just so memorable to me i can't put my finger on it it's just like there's some random millisecond sounds that i have memorized and you shouldn't do that and does mr harry potter have his key very well very well <laughs> <laughs> so many quotes i mean we would just say that to each other just right. randomly, just like, just be like, very well. <laughs> What's that from? Honestly, yeah, no. These quotes shaped our childhood, and that is why this movie is a staple of all the staples of our childhood. <laughs> Staplist, some would say. Uh, <laughs> so I guess you didn't, you didn't read the book before you saw this movie. I guess no, I, I would, did not. I would. Assume. I didn't read the. I didn't start reading these till second grade. I think. Okay. Because I was going to ask, like, what was the most, what were you most excited to see in the movie? Probably from the book, but maybe that's something to, (laughs) I would say for me, it was probably the Quidditch. Like, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, the Quidditch, when you're really little like that, Quidditch is the way to go. I mean, we were soccer people. We were a soccer family. Mm -hmm. But I specifically remember after the first movie coming out, we were at Holland and we we're playing with our neighbors, Boo and Justin, mm-hmm. which we already referenced. Um, and I remember Justin, we were playing, not our brother Justin, our neighbor Justin. The four of us were playing Quidditch in our driveway with Justin narrating as Lee Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember? It, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was such a core memory because <laughs> we each had our own broom and I didn't have a broom. I had like a squeegee or something, but it still worked. And it was great. We used a soccer ball, like partially deflated soccer ball. And we'd throw tennis balls at each other as the bludgers. And really, like, we weren't, we were just pretending like we were playing. We weren't playing the actual sport. Yeah. But it was really cool. That was, that was cool. Such a good memory. When you were saying he was commentating like Lee Jordan, that was one thing that I, I, I feel like they missed out in the movies is like they didn't really show much of lee jordan's like character because he was also like he always hung out with fred and george and he was funny too yeah but they don't really give him like many lines in the movie and he's just pop pop on community now yeah they only give him that one line in community too (laughs) did you pop pop listeners if you didn't know if you also watch community that's pop pop that's him that's lee jordan all grown up. All grown up. It blew my mind when I found that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Quidditch. It's easy enough to understand. I always liked, in the books and in the movies, the character of Oliver Wood. I always liked yeah, him. I always, I always looked liked, up to him. I, yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, Harry always did because he was the captain of the team. And yeah. all he wanted to do was like, you know, he just wanted to win a, a Quidditch Cup before he left Hogwarts. And he yeah. was just like that one kid that's like obsessed with sports. You know, he right. like wants to like play professional sports or like be a coach or something. Yeah. 
but he was always one that I, I always wanted to see more of in the books and uh and in the movies but yeah i remember in the fourth one the fourth book like they run into him like after he's graduated at the world cup and i thought that was a cool thing to like bring him back but anyway it's so weird like it that invokes a feeling in your heart like he feels like an actual classmate of yours when you're reading that like oh it's good to see you again yeah while you're reading it it's just so these books are so well written to where you feel like you're a part of it even if you're not, it's it's so cool. This is the best book series ever written. Ever, ever. What's I'm on while I'm on IMDb. What's really interesting is that the guy who played Voldemort, Richard Brimmer, he is not cast as Voldemort. He's called He Who Must Not Be Named. Mm-hmm. That's how he's credited. That's kind of cool. Do you want to do you want to write it down? The name? Nah, can't spell it. Nah, can't spell it. I say that all the time too. I just love, I love, I love that opening. I love this whole, whole entire movie. It's a hug. It's great. But the Ollivander scene, so cool. The, the all of Diagon Alley really is so cool. And after he went through all of that, he's just like, Hagrid's knocking on the window, shows him Hedwig, his new present, his birthday, his first ever birthday present, yeah. besides a pair of Uncle Vernon's socks or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you're right, though. Like, all the different iconic moments from the book are just recreated so well visually in the movie i feel like yeah and it and just it's equally as good in a lot of ways and people, it, it does leave out certain things but I, I yeah people can gripe on all day about it all but at the end of the day like it's they capture it super well and they're really faithful to the book i mean they skipped a couple things they left out peeves which is i'm fine with that's okay i'm quite peeved about yeah. that no <laughs> um he would have been great that would have been really he cool. was annoying but he was really annoying in the books and they left out one of the the last stages the potion drinking which i thought was one of the cool ones yeah i don't think they leave out a whole lot in these first two because <clears throat> these are pretty long yeah the the movies that i feel like the adaptations later on that I don't like as much are like the longer books and they're like shorter movies. And I don't right. understand why they made them shorter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, um, I like, I understand the choices that they made, but especially this first one, I feel like there's not a whole lot that they left out that is like critical. Really? Like, mm-hmm. I remember there's like the midnight duel with Malfoy, which they like yeah. try, he tries to get him to, you know, sneak out and he just stands him up. He doesn't actually meet him. Right. But I feel like that's not super important. I think that's how they find the trap door to mm-hmm. Fluffy. Yeah. Like run into them the first time. But you don't need that. They can. No. Yeah. The way they do it in the movie is fine. Probably the thing I'm most mad about is Fred and George's involvement. And the inside joke that we have is. Yes. I'll yeah. bring you a toilet seat, Jenny. I forgot about that. Where they promise a toilet seat. And at, at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool because they mailed her a toilet seat from hogwarts and i have actually have a funny story about that we've always like started saying that when you go away like bring me back a toilet seat or something like that you know yeah and i did that one time this time (laughs) last year august of 2021 me and a couple friends we went to alaska to go uh backcountry hiking in denali and we were just bored one at the end of our trip and we were at Fred Meyer, 
and we were just shopping there and i i was on the clearance aisle and they had a toilet seat like a bunch of toilet seats on sale like for like nine or ten dollars and i was like okay <laughs> how funny would it be like i got souvenirs for everybody in the family except jonathan what do i do and i just knew it i knew i knew that was the, the thing to get so i bought a toilet seat and i checked it in my bag from alaska to kentucky and I got the weirdest looks from TSA when I was in there. <laughs> they like opened my bag and was like, "This is a first. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, and I put a bunch of Alaska stickers on it. So I hope you enjoyed that gift. Thank you. But, I use it every day. <laughs> we could. We do look good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that's a cool like inside joke that we have now in our family. One more visual win that i want to i would like to point out never have i ever wanted to eat or oh, the cgi of fluffy oh the slobber from fluffy no <laughs> i said the cgi fluffy but no <laughs> the, <laughs> the slobber was gross well, i was going forbidden foods <laughs> okay like the unicorn blood mm. yeah forbidden food unicorn blood uh i don't think i would eat the slobber no 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 and then third uh, the Sorcerer's Stone itself. I want to eat that so bad. It, especially when it's like gleaming in the firelight, it just looks like Jello. It looks like okay. strawberry Jello. Okay. I was not until you said that. I was not following, but when you said that, yeah, and like a yeah, nice honestly, cube of Jello that just jiggles. Yeah, and even in like Gringotts, when it's like wrapped up and he stuffs it in his pocket, looks like a little pack of baked goods. You know. <laughs> just looked like a, a pack of cookies you know just looks really good and the just the visual of the sorcerer's stone itself which there's some actual history on the sorcerer's stone did you know that like real life not wizard history oh was it like a philosopher <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well alchemy back then like the dark ages okay what's it, the history myths and stuff and it i mean i don't know much of the history but it's been described by multiple people, but the most popular way it looked was red, hmm. the way it looks. A lot of people said it looked like gold because not only did it, like, grant immortality, like it says in the book, in the movie, but also, like, cures the disease that you have. Hmm. And also, it can turn any metal, like bronze or any other, like, steel or whatever, any regular metal to a precious metal like gold or something silver you know uh that's what the legends has it saying and it's like it's been so like popular in the world of alchemy like scientists have studied that as a thought i don't know as a thought <laughs> it's just it, it's kind of interesting but there's like some real world history on that hmm. so look it up well um i Went on a field trip to St. Augustine, Florida, and I drank from the Fountain of Youth. So I did too. Tastes like sulfur water. Yeah, it's really gross. Okay, um, we should probably wrap up. I've got two more things to discuss before we wrap it up because we are out of time already. Do you have any more notes before we move on to these two sections? Well, it depends on what the two sections are, but I feel like there's there's two big scenes we should talk about at least. Yes, yes that yes, I'd yes, like yes. to talk about. There's a Christmas scene. Of course, where he gets the invisibility cloak, and then the 
the the wizard's chess at the end. I feel like is a big scene to talk about. Oh yeah, this is the movie that inspired me to learn how to play chess. Yeah, Larry had got the wizard's chess set. I remember for yeah. Christmas one year, and I mean, I think I have that now. It didn't move, but <laughs> I think Larry was doing a yard sale, and I bought it from him. <laughs> I think I have yeah. that somewhere. It might be at home. I kind of think I saw it when I was at home. Happy Christmas. Oh, that's actually sort of a vocab word, but more of like a cultural learning. This is where yeah. I learned a lot about the British culture and how they call it Happy Christmas instead of Merry. Mm-hmm. Kind of lame. But happy Christmas. Also cool. You know, whatever. But no, that that's a, a pivotal scene where he gets the invisibility cloak. It's like, my buddy's gone. Yeah. Never have seen that in a movie. That was some cool effects. Okay, here's something I just thought of because he uses the invisibility cloak to go to the restricted section, the restricted yeah. section. Yeah, here's something in the in the movie that's not in the book. It's like when he opens up that book and just like the face just starts like screaming. Yeah, it's, that was cool. It's so scary. I remember that. Professors, I found this in the restricted section. It's still hot. That means there's a student out of bed. Now, for a movie that is 21 years old, the effects really, really do. They they age pretty well, honestly. Um, uh, for the most especially part, with the yeah. The sorting hat. The sorting hat looks sorting hat's good. good. Yeah, I think Fluffy is pretty spotty for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but that's okay. a lot of the other stuff is good. Look, it's not anywhere as bad as The Rock in The Mummy Returns. So. That's, that's like the worst. That's like objectively the worst CGI in a movie. I forgot about that. <laughs> mm. I feel like they cut the um as far as like the the different obstacles at the end of getting to the stone. I feel like for the pacing of the movie, they just showed one task that would like highlight each of the the three of the the kids' strengths. So you've got the one where like like Hermione knows how to get them out of the devil's snare. Ron knows how to get past the you know the wizard's chest harry gets the the key from the you know the winged keys and everything so i feel like at that point they've all like shown their merits the sound (laughs) in the keys hitting the door that but like slamming into the door here you can hear difference between the healthy keys and the broken keys Mm, yeah there are hundreds of healthy keys but they sound different than the one dwindling broken wing key that's insane to me this has really good sound design it might have better sound design than attack of the clones don't know about that yeah you're right probably not but it's good it's good it's very very good so i think like that's probably why they cut the part with the like the potion challenge that they have to figure out that they do in the book but besides the the chess is so climactic yeah. Why would you go from that to potion drinking, you know? Yeah. I do have Okay, so disclaimer, there are millions of plot holes in Harry Potter. People have been analyzing this for 20 years. It's fine. We're not going to get into those. This is one that I thought of just now. What if like Harry hadn't done anything? Like why what if they didn't go chase Snape or Quirrell down? into the basement of Hogwarts. Didn't go through the devil snare, the keys, anything. The only way that you can get the stone out of the mirror is if you're worthy of it. Quirrell would have just 
hit a dead end. He would have just sat in front of the mirror for hours and hours and hours, and then he, he would have been found out. It's true. At that point. So it's kind of unnecessary, but that's okay. That just was like, <laughs> like he he wouldn't even had a have a shot of getting it out of the mirror. Um, and Dumbledore's like, I, it's one of my more brilliant ideas. And between you and me, that's saying something, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah. And also, the Mirror of Era said, "Did you know? You probably knew this, but Era said backwards is desire, and it's really cool because." It shows a reflection of yourself, but the reflection of the word Eriset is desire, and it shows you what you want. That's, that's great that it worked out that way. Amazing. Genius writing right here. Genius. I love it. <laughs> the the Like, the scene that you always look forward to in a Harry Potter book, which the first one obviously, like, sets the precedent, but it's at the end after, like, However, the book ends with Harry defeating Voldemort in some form or fashion, having the nice long like sit down conversation with Dumbledore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you always look forward to that part of the book. It's like, yeah. oh, he's gonna gonna really sit down with Dumbledore, and we're gonna figure out what's going on here. And, <laughs> and he's always gonna tease him. Like it's like, oh well, I'll let you know this when you're a bit older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until he gets to the end, he's like, I've been grooming you for death. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers dude no spoilers this is a spoiler free podcast alright that was your one that was my one <laughs> but yeah I just love the scene where he's in the hospital wing with uh, with Dumbledore at the end and you know just explaining him like, you know why Quirrell couldn't touch him and yeah and that the whole thing about oh, his mother's sacrifice and being love and Jonathan, I can talk about this movie for four plus hours. It's so bad. Oh, man. No, it's so good. It's so bad that we don't have enough time for this. But, like, I completely forgot about the hand stuff. Quirrell's graham cracker crust hand. <laughs> Dude. How Harry, an 11-year-old, kills Quirrell with his bare hands. That is so Just cool. puts his face on his hands on his oh, face. Oh, man. I bet that was so satisfying. That's, like, a really dark thought of mine. But, like... <laughs> Just like touching somebody and watching them crumble and then like figuring that out and then touching his face to end it. Satisfying in a self-defense setting. I would never do that on purpose. In a self-defense? But that was really cool. And that he crumbling reminded me of graham crackers and how you break one apart and it all disintegrates the entire pack, even if you're not touching the pack. <laughs> and before, let me, let me round back to the very beginning of this movie because there's another quote I want to say. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> You're from Burma, aren't you? There are too many quotes. Was it nice? This. Was it nice there? Do you miss your family? Snake nods. Ah, <laughs> I didn't know my parents either. It's just too good of a movie. There, there's just so many details in all elements of experience, in sound, in visual in quotes, in writing, in just world building in general. So much detail. And they show that so well in this first movie. And it's a, and that's why it's a staple. That's why it's a staple. Jeremy, um, do you have any lessons learned from this movie? Lessons learned. Off, off the dome? It takes a great deal 
of courage to stand up to your enemies, but it takes a far more greater courage to stand up to your friends. Always be a Neville Longbottom, even if you're a wimp. That's 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 my lesson. It's a good lesson. Yeah. Pretty deep. We need Ooh Okay, I'm not gonna talk everybody knows about the whole like Slytherin wins, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Why did he just it is so petty that they gave Neville ten points. Just give him fifty or sixty. They gave Harry sixty. <laughs> He did, like, stop Voldemort. They gave Harry ten more than everyone else because he was the main character. <laughs> Ron, good at wizard chess. 50 points. Hermione, great. 50 points. Neville, the most important, probably most merit-worthy uh, points-earning thing. I don't know how to describe that. Act. Gets only ten points. Just enough to beat. I think that's so stupid. That's my lessons learned. Be a Neville. Be a Neville. Why is it always me? Uh, so I want to talk about a couple more things before we wrap it up. One deleted scenes. I'll go over really quickly. Okay. The, apparently, um, Peacock has all of the Harry Potter movies exclusively on their premium site. Uh, but they don't have the theatrical versions. They have all the extended editions. And as far as I know, I've only seen the first two because that's the only ones they put on DVD. So, yeah, I've looked into this before. I think there's only two, like, official extended editions. Yeah. But apparently what has gone on on Peacock is I I think that they've taken, like, TV versions that have had extra scenes added in and they put them on there. Well, it's like they just do the deleted scenes in... But if you watch it on Peacock, there might be some extra scenes in there that you haven't seen. So I'm really excited to get into that because I don't think I've seen those in the later movies, at least. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've probably seen the deleted scenes. You just haven't seen it yeah. thrown in. No, I honestly probably haven't seen movies five through eight deleted scenes. Literally. Um, but the deleted scenes were really cool in this. I think they're a lot better in Chamber of Secrets. Um, but there's the one at the beginning where Dudley's in his smeltings uniform. They describe what that is. Otherwise, he just looks like a little loser dressed up. <laughs> With a little uh, barbershop quartet hat he's got on. His smeltings uniform. And they were like, no, you're not going to smeltings, Harry. You're going to the state school where you belong. <laughs> and he's like, okay, but do I have to wear a uniform? He's like, she was... Petunia was boiling Dudley's old uniform in dye because they didn't want to buy him a new uniform. Yeah, that seems like extra work. Yeah, so they, they were got like, money. Why don't they just they, buy they one? They were just petty. They were just petty. Yeah, but it was really funny because Harry had a good line. He was like, "This is gonna fit me like elephant skin if I wear that." <laughs> it was really really good. Uh, and then there's a scene where they're you know they're going through all the Hogwarts letters. And trying to escape the owls and stuff. And Petunia's cracking open eggs. And instead of eggs, there's just letters inside the eggs. It's really funny. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I think I remember that now. <laughs> um, there's a subway scene with Hagrid where they're just talking about dragons. And going over his list is pretty quick. And another one of those, like, somebody on the subway is looking at him. He's like, what are you looking at? <laughs> 
there's that sassy potion scene that um, Harry's like, I don't know, ask Hermione. She knows everything. It was really funny. Uh, and then there's a scene where Harry's like sitting all by himself at Christmas and Ron's trying to include him in all the festivities and he's just like, I'm thinking about the plot of this movie. <laughs> um, but my favorite one and that's the last one that we'll talk about is the counter curse, the leg lockers curse. Okay. That was such a cool curse in mm-hmm. the books and they didn't put it in the movie, but it's in the deleted scene. Neville just comes hopping down the great hall because his legs are locked and Malfoy put him under the leg lockers curse and Seamus, who's the one kid that's really bad at magic his first year. Um, he's like, Allow me, I'll do the counter curse. And Neville's <laughs> like, bro, no way. I've seen you do magic. And he's like, well, if you haven't noticed, my eyebrows have grown back. And he just turns <laughs> around and he has like a bald patch in his back of his head and he walks away. <laughs> if they put that in the movie, that would be the funniest bit in the entire movie. It was so funny. I do remember that now. That was a funny scene. Seamus <laughs> was so funny. He's, he's great. He's so much shorter than everyone else. I wonder if he was like eight years old. Yeah, he looked. He looks young. Um. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Sunshine, Daisy, Buttermellow. Turn the stupid fat rat yellow. <laughs> okay. One more thing about Quirrell. In the book, you know his his classroom always smelled of garlic. Mm-hmm. And his turban smells like garlic. Really, it's just rotting death of Voldemort. That's his smell attached to his head. But they explain it in the books. He was asking Fred and George about it. And they were saying, well, he just he just passes it off as like a... He's escaped. He's trying to ward off a vampire from his past life. Yeah. So he stuffs his turban full of garlic to ward him off. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Um. <laughs> so speaking of Quirrell if you've we read the a books, lot about Quirrell <laughs> we did we did we did we did but that's the only it's, that's the only time we get to talk about him I guess so which is okay um if you've read the books or watched the movies you've noticed pretty much there's a trend of a new defense against the dark arts teacher every year that position has a curse there's somebody new every year so I thought instead of ranking the movies, we should rank the professors. So starting now, Quirrell is number one because he's the only one. I'm sure that will change. But as we go on through the rest of the movies, we will rank them. Deal? Okay. Sounds good. All right. And I believe that's all I've got. Is this is this going to be ranking on like their skill level or just how much we like them both by that asking that question you probably already know which one i'm thinking of. everybody's gonna pick lupin <laughs> obviously but i think we need to be as objective as possible okay as to who the best one is yes oh, okay not We're our just favorite. ranking them based off of a good list of items because if i was thinking of yet. Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers, I would think it's pretty obvious. Pretty obvious. Who's the best? Yeah. Well, we'll discuss that. 
And my final thing, before we wrap it up, classic segment here on Inside Quotes. I think Jonathan knows where I'm going with this. I don't care if they remake this as a live action, as a cartoon, or a new TV series. They need, if they don't do a Muppets Harry Potter, I'll be upset. So I will be recasting okay. um, throughout the rest of the series. I will be discussing who belongs in who. So the Muppets, all the kids are human. Just the teachers are going to be, just teachers and maybe some adults are going to be the Muppets. Okay. These okay. work out so well. Number one, Hagrid. Obviously got to be Sweetums. <laughs> yeah. He's the gentle giant. Number two, Professor Flitwick. This one was kind of hard. I kind of went with Rizzo. Okay. Because of others. Um, number three, Ghosts slash Peeves. Easily, Statler and Walt Waldorf. <laughs> um, Gonzo and Camilla. The hen. Mm -hmm. Filch and Mrs. Norris. Oh, that's perfect. Beaker plays Professor Quirrell. One, because Beaker. he stutters a lot, and two, <laughs> I just really want to see a pool noodle with a huge turban. <laughs> uh, and at the end where he's explaining himself, he's just going, me, 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 me. Uh, <laughs> as a joke, I also put Rizzo as Scabbers, but not really. This is interesting. I think we're going to have Kermit play Dumbledore, but also, he's also going to play Voldemort. Like the Moo Pets version. Hmm. You always see that meme of evil, evil Kermit in the, with the hood. And Muppets Most Wanted, the Russian yeah. one. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> so that's gonna that's gonna be an interesting choice. Uh, Snape, Sam the Eagle, and that's it. That's all I've got for book one. Book but one. stay tuned for next month when I cover Chamber of Secrets. So I guess whenever. Once Harry Potter goes into the public domain, the Muppets will have at it. I would love that. <sighs> That's all I've got. And we this is a very long episode, but we had to establish a lot of things, just like this movie did. So, And guess what? what? Our man John Williams back at it again. Dude, this is not... He does everything. When you think of John Williams, you don't think of Harry Potter. But when you think of Harry Potter, you think of the music. It's really cool. Uh, but I'm sure we can talk. Amazing, amazing themes. Uh, what else can we say? We can't. We can't say it. There's so, so, much, good. so much to talk about. But So, so good. All right. Well, I guess we can go ahead and wrap this episode up. <laughs> no, we're, we're not really wrapping it up. Not really. <laughs> Speaking of wrapping it up, whenever Harry gets the broom in the mail... Like, it's pretty obvious what that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder what it is. <laughs> Whatever could it be? <laughs> no, that was so funny. Well, uh, next week, Jeremy, I think the plan is to do something kind of different for our episode yeah, next time. Uh, we're in October, which is a very famous month for us here at Inside Quotes Incorporated. Uh, and we call this the official Inside Quotes Month of Spoops. And it's Halloween. What a great time for us. 
and we are kicking off our Halloween spoopy celebration with a TV special. Not us as a TV special. We will be covering Halloween TV specials. Usually we give hints, but, you know. We'll just tell you. We'll just tell you this time. We're going we're gonna to pick some of our um, favorite TV shows and kind of talk about some of the Halloween you know, special episodes. Yeah. Just do something a little bit different. Something to prep us for the amazing episode we already know is going to happen around Halloween. Because you, know, you already know Bryce Bridgman's coming back. Bryce Bridgman, our resident Halloween expert. You know it. You've been listening. You've been a loyal listener for three seasons of Inside Quotes. And you know it's time for him to return, to make so, his triumphant return. So stay tuned for that. But for next week, we will be doing the a special, another special episode for yes. Halloween. They're so, all special. They are all special. I mean, I you know, I would like to think that for some people who listen to this podcast, like this podcast is one of the stapliest staples of their podcast feed, I would hope to think. Yeah, I mean, I really would. And I feel honored, too. Uh, I know some people that we're the only podcast that they listen to. <laughs> but I feel like that's just because they know us. Yeah, let's keep it. And they don't really let's just keep it that way. If they listen to anything else, they'd be like, hmm, Inside Quotes <laughs> isn't that good. <laughs> nah. No, we are good. We've been at this for almost three years. We're good. That's true. That's true. We're pros. All right, so um, that's what we got going on next week. <laughs> so stay tuned. Maybe I'll throw in a clip here. Maybe I won't. We'll right. see. Be very careful. Stay together. Watch out for hideous monsters. There are no hideous monsters down here. There's at least one, Curtis. <laughs> This isn't scary, it's totally lame. Oh, come on, Jennifer. That's just Brad's dumb little brother. And it's not me. Wait, wait, watch out, watch out. That's Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. And you can find him online at BryceBridgman.com. Or on our episode in a couple weeks, Halloween. Um, and if you want to find us on Instagram, you can see us at Inside Quotes Cast. Give us a follow. If you are a listener of the show and you have an Instagram, what are you doing? We have stories. We have polls. We need you to interact with us so we can make this show perfect for you guys. If you have any episode suggestions for movies we need to cover, let us know. If you have any Star Wars memes you need to send us, let us know. Or Harry Potter memes. Or Harry We're Potter open. memes. Yeah, that's right. Tyler, send us some. That's your homework. Send us a Harry Potter meme. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to support the show in any way, uh, go ahead and check out our merch store. We actually have a seasonal item up there right now. So we dropped the Halloween sticker for Inside Quotes. And you can see a preview of that on our profile picture on Instagram. So if you're curious, check us out on Instagram. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please be sure to leave us a good review. Uh, try and leave a nine and three quarters review. Uh, if you're a muggle, you're not going to understand that, but nine and three quarters, good review. You think you're being funny, do you? <laughs> you just reminded me of that. Um, do you know what the train conductor is yelling every time the train's about to go off? He's like, I, I, they didn't say it in the, in the subtitles, but that's another oh. sound that's imprinted in my mind. Hmm. 
Hags are all out. Anyways, that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more of it, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. We'll be covering the Harry Potter movies once a month until we're done. So stay tuned for that. If you're a Harry Potter fan, tell a friend. This is going to be great. Well, until next time, we'll see you next week on Inside Quotes. By the way, John, how many reviews are there? 36. Counted them myself. 36! But last year, last year, we had 37! Yes, but some of them are a lot better than last year. I don't care how good they are. He's boring. Thanks.